This is an NC Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast, the podcast designed to engage with ministry leaders around topics that will explore approaches and resources to help us be on mission together. It's because of your generosity that this resource is available. Learn more at ncbaptist.org slash give or contact us at communications at ncbaptist.org. I'm Dr. Scott Pace. I am from the college at Southeastern. If you hear of Southeastern Seminary, we have an undergraduate degree program, uh, lots of them, uh, at the college at Southeastern, and I'm the dean of the college. And so I get to I teach a lot of classes there, administrate. And so I'm from North Carolina originally, so North Carolina is home. I grew up in Wilmington, moved to Raleigh, went to NC State University, and then uh, ultimately got going into ministry after working as an accountant for a couple of years, and then have served uh, as a pastor, and then in academic um, kind of teaching and administration uh, for the last, oh, I don't know, 25 or so years. So, a little bit about me. Um, just want to introduce now my partner for the day, Dr. Horton. Tell them a little bit about you. I'm David Horton. I'm the president of Fruitland Baptist Bible College in Hendersonville. We're a ministry of the Baptist State Convention. And uh, we are so thankful that we get the opportunity to partner with the college at Southeastern and the seminary on a lot of what we do, and that is a great blessing. I came to Fruitland 13 years ago. I pastored 30 years before coming there, so add that together, that's uh, 43 years of uh, ministry in one form or another, and uh, it's just a great joy right now at this period in my life, and um, one of our, uh, just the greatest joy that we have in our life right now is being able to help uh, train and mentor uh, those that uh, feel called to come to a Christian college. We specifically uh, at Fruitland try to train people for ministry. Other people who come to Fruitland, some come to take a worldview curriculum and uh, get a couple of, a couple of years there, and uh, they may be going into another vocation and transfer to another school. That's that's fine. We're just glad to have them for two years. We offer a two-year associate degree in Christian ministries. And we've got a great agreement with the college at Southeastern so that students can stay on our campus and continue to live there and complete their bachelor's degree and can also work on one-third of their MDiv while they're on our campus as well. So. Everything that uh, Dr. Pace and I talk about today, we're on the same page with it, and we just uh, we hope that uh, many of you will choose Fruitland or Southeastern or a combination of both, because you can't go wrong. I'm a graduate of Southeastern Seminary, uh, two-time graduate there. Uh, my undergraduate degree is uh, from UNC Greensboro. Uh, in psychology, and I'm year in at Gardner-Webb. Well, um, that's you know a little bit about us. Let me talk about a few of the things about why or how uh, some of these questions should be uh, gathered. But I'll just kind of say this, that uh, there's four factors we want to briefly mention and touch on. Uh, one is the college decision really does involve discerning your unique purpose. You know, when, when we talk to college students a lot of times, um, really that's the fundamental question you have to ask. 
Most students kind of bypass that and they're looking for future direction. But before you get there, you want to recognize that God has an individual purpose for you. And what we use to describe that is what we will oftentimes refer to as calling. So what has God called me to? Now, historically, there's been some confusion about how that term is used. So I just want to make maybe clarify a little bit about it. Uh, for instance, there's a, a, an aspect of our universal calling as Christians. Uh, and so our universal calling as, as Christians is what has God called all believers to? You know, we share that in common. So some of those things might be the call to salvation. So the individual uh, you know, response, God calls us to faith in Jesus Christ. And that really does set our life on a different traje- trajectory as we define our purpose. It's because of our relationship with God, what he's done in our lives, and what he wants to do with our lives uh, that we then begin to pursue this education question from a different perspective. So our call to salvation, that's where uh, that ultimately begins. And the universal part also includes the call to serve. So once you come to faith in Christ, God is inviting you to serve in his kingdom. I like to describe it this way. Uh, the minute that God adopts you into his family, he simultaneously appoints you into his service. So you're called to serve him uh, with your life. And that ultimately requires maybe the next uh, aspect of that universal calling for all believers. And that's the calling to surrender. Right? To say, God, my life is not mine. You know, if I was to ask you this question and say, hey, especially for the young people, hey, why do you want to know God's uh, will for your life? If you say, I want to know what God wants from me and for me. Most of the time we would answer that question from a perspective that says, I want to know God's will for my sake. Because I want to know where I'm going to live when I grow up, or who I'm going to marry, or what college I need to go to, or what um, uh, career I'm going to have. Like, I want to know the answer to all those questions, because I want to know. But when you kind of surrender your life to the Lord, it's like, God, I want want to know what your will is for my life, but not for my sake. I want to know it for your sake, right? But the universal calling for all believers is that we would all be leveraging our life for the cause of Christ in whatever capacity that God has equipped and called you for. So the universal calling is true for all of us. We're all called to live on mission. But then there's what we might refer to as that unique calling. Okay, That's the individual or specific purpose that God has for you. right? And there's a couple of things that are uh, embedded in that. Uh, but kind of foundationally what you need to know is that God desires uh, to use you. Uh, in other words, you don't have to ask God, God, will you please use me? God is already kind of committed to that. When he saved you, it was because he had a purpose in mind. So God desires to use you, and ultimately, God is determined to use you. So when it comes to um, your future direction, making a college choice, it really does come down to discerning your unique purpose. God, what have you called me to? So Dr. Horton and I have talked some about this. He referenced it a few minutes ago. Those who want to go into vocational ministry. That's a direction that some people are called to go. Other people are called to go into a um, non-vocational ministry type of track. So I'm just going to use an example here. It's not unique to Southeastern, but it's just uh, my closest frame of reference. So we have um, over 25 different majors at the College of Southeastern, and I kind of categorize them this way. Ministry, missions, and marketplace degrees. So in the ministry degrees, you would find uh, something where our schools overlap and and, and, uh, collaborate together, those more traditional ministry kind of avenues. So whether that's pastoral ministry or student ministry, biblical studies, counseling, all of those types of things fall into the what we might call the ministry degree category. Then you have missions degrees. And again, we are going to overlap here in equipping students to go serve the Lord in a global or international or national context. 
Uh, so global studies could be a major, those types of things. And then the marketplace degrees, so your ministry, missions, marketplace degrees, are those where God may be calling you to um, go serve in a different vocational capacity. So, for instance, we just launched this year a business degree, a bachelor's in business administration. Last year we launched a teacher ed degree, so you can graduate with a, a license to teach in the state of North Carolina. Uh, we have a pre-law track. We have other grad prep degrees like um, history or English as a major. So lots of different uh, kind of categories. But when you think about this unique purpose, that's how you need to be considering, God, where are you calling me to and what, are you, what have you kind of um, uh, saved me to become? So, Dr. Horton, I don't know if you have anything to add or maybe you want to share with that as it relates to your, our unique calling. You know, there are uh, those three areas that uh, Dr. Pace is talking about. These are wonderful places to serve. I mean, we need Christians who are out there in the business world who believe that they've been called of God to be a Christian business person or people who are in the medical field that believe us a medical professional that are to serve there and to be on mission for God. And if you look through the Bible, you see people like Joseph in Egypt or Daniel in Babylon. And you see um, Queen Esther in Persia. And you see people living out their faith in some very difficult uh, kinds of circumstances. So all that is extremely important. But there are some that God is going to call specifically as a vocation, uh, that they will serve as missionaries, they will serve as ministers of the gospel, and you just look through the Bible, uh, you find many of those people that God is calling out personally. The Apostle Paul talked about his call and how that God put him into the ministry. Yeah. He, he didn't just pick it up, God picked him up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God placed him in ministry. And there was that great sense of, of God's call. And so some of you, uh, some of your children, maybe some of our grandchildren, are going to experience that type of a call of God. And we want to affirm that. Mm. We want to encourage that in uh, every kind uh, of way. And both of our schools are really designed to help uh, the students with that. Uh, one thing I just challenge you with as God's people is I think we need to be diligent in actually praying mm -hmm. that God will call more and more people into missions and ministry. And uh, Dr. Pace has recently written a book about that that I'm <laughs> sure he may say some more about in a moment. I hope that he will. I uh, just received a copy. I'm looking forward to reading that. But think about Jesus for just a moment and how that he took his disciples, he showed them the fields that were white in the harvest, and then he said, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm -hmm. So that was the problem. Few laborers, but a very plentiful harvest. So he presented them with that dilemma. And then Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the field. And so that's something we ought to be actually praying about is that God will send more ministers, more missionaries, that he will call them and send them out into his field. Mm. And that's this uh, unique calling yeah. that we're talking about at this point. And God really does want to use people in that. 
you know, um, I, it's always kind of baffled me, maybe um, somewhat humbling to think that God might actually set apart some for those particular purposes. And then, and when you think about that, in many ways, what Jesus uh, challenged us to pray for and then prayed for himself in, Matthew, in uh, John chapter 17, you actually could be the answer to some of those prayers. That's right. And that's kind of mind-boggling to me, mm-hmm. that, uh, that like you or me could be the answer to one of those prayers. In the same way, um, you know, it's not a kind of a, a varsity versus junior varsity thing. It's just a different direction that God calls other people to. We, we do want to challenge people. Kind of our mission statement at the College at Southeastern is uh, we're looking for students who want to give their lives for the cause of Christ, whether that's in the church, among the nations, or in every aspect of society. And what that might look like for you has to be centered around or flow from this, God's designed me with a unique calling. Um, you know, we talk about the vocation and career uh, as though they're synonymous terms. Uh, the term vocation actually comes from a Latin word, vocatio, which means calling, which means historically a vocation wasn't just a way to earn a paycheck, right? It is what has God uh, created me and then converted me to ultimately be as part of his kingdom. So understanding you and pursuing your vocation as a calling helps define your purpose. and It'll give you some at least um, ability to start navigating the college question. All right. So the college decision, first of all, is uh, discerning your unique purpose. Second uh, thing, the college decision involves pursuing your academic preparation. Now, we are talking about college, right? This is school. So it's not just um, devotional Bible study. There is an academic equipping that goes along with your vocational calling and purpose that you're called to kind of consider. And so sometimes those weigh into it. For instance, if I was to say, hey, um, you want to be an engineer? You're probably going to have a few schools that come to mind. Say, oh, if I want to be an engineer, I should go to NC State or I should go to Georgia Tech or MIT or, you know, these types of things. So sometimes your uh, pursuit, your academic field of study can help steer your college decision or choice. So it is about academic preparation. There's a few things maybe to consider as part of that. For instance, choosing a major. A lot of students wonder, how do I choose a major? The good news is uh, most schools, uh, including like the College of Southeastern, you can actually uh, enroll as an incoming student as undeclared. In other words, you don't have to declare up front. It's a very important part of the college application process. If that's a possibility, you want to be able to say, I'm not ready to make that decision yet. Um, now, most colleges, um, uh, four-year programs, have what they call a, a common core. First two years of study, you're taking a lot of the same classes, uh, that, regardless of your major, that, that everybody's going to take. So... English Composition 1 or English Composition 2 or World History or, uh, you know, Philosophy, whatever it may be. And so you're not going to get behind in some of that. Uh, But it is important to kind of uh, dabble in some of those classes because once you do, uh, maybe some parents could speak to this in their own experience. Once you begin to dabble in a particular field of study, your heart begins to beat with that. God begins to kind of say, man, I'm resonating with this subject. I want to learn more about this. I want to pursue this. And so you can uh, choose kind of an undeclared option if you don't know exactly what you want to go into uh, to begin with. Other things you might consider, for instance, um, uh, some schools have what they call an interdisciplinary major. Uh, We have one of these at at, uh, College at Southeastern, and that actually combines different minors. So you can kind of choose three different minors. You could say, I want a minor in business, I want a minor um, in uh, pastoral ministry, and I want a minor in, uh, in counseling. 
And so you can combine those three minors because you have different flavors of maybe what God's calling you to. You can kind of cobble your own major together. And so that's something to consider or explore when you're looking at a college. Do they have some flexibility in their degrees or in their majors that kind of provide me the flexibility or maybe some of the unique aspects of what you're wanting to pursue? So choosing a major, uh, you want to do that. Real question, Dr. Horton and I face this a lot. If I'm called to ministry, should I major in something else? Should I major in, like, should I get a degree in business and then go to grad school for ministry or or, uh, missions or whatever uh, preparation? Um, I would actually encourage you to major in what you ultimately want to do. The goal of your college education should be to equip you to do what God has called you to Uh, I get the mindset of a backup plan if things don't work out or a life skill or trade uh, that may be beneficial to you. You can do something like get an associate's degree that would uh, transfer in, or you could get a minor that would supplement that. But Dr. Horton and I are going to sing the same song on this. If you're called to go into ministry, you need to major in ministry. You know, uh, you need to be equipped, best equipped. Most people think, oh, I'll get that in grad school. Actually, a lot of times our seminary degrees don't provide the same type of training that an undergraduate degree in ministry or missions might uh, provide. And so if, you, if that's a question as you're choosing a major, should I choose kind of a secondary career choice in minor in ministry or, or what have you? I think you would actually want to flip those two. Uh, again, I understand as a parent the practical reasons for those questions, uh, but you want, to, you want to study what you're ultimately called to do, and I think it's going to best equip you uh, for that. So that's maybe some of the questions that come up with choosing a major uh, that you would want to consider. Another uh, point to consider is checking your motives. What's your goal in choosing a major? Uh, a lot of times, especially as a young person, the goal can be, I want to make as much money as possible, or I want to be as successful as possible. That shouldn't be the reason that you choose um, a vocational or a degree path. Uh, don't let that be. Don't let money be your master. You know, uh, you, you want to let uh, the Lord's leading and ultimately what God's called you to do. Uh, money is important. You need to provide for your family. That's a very real thing. But God's promised he'll do that, and he'll provide it through uh, what he's called you to do. If God's guiding you that direction, as the saying kind of goes, where God guides, he provides. Like, um, he, he'll, he'll make the way uh, necessary. And while we all would want to measure that quality of life that we aspire or desire to, ultimately, uh, we can trust the Lord to provide uh, for us. And so um, don't you, now money's just one example. What are the other motives uh, people have? There's, there's a lot of different reasons why people choose a lot of different fields. Sometimes people choose a field because they think it sounds a little more glamorous, right? Like, oh, I'm going to go be a chemical engineer. Uh, that does sound glamorous, but that may not be exactly what you, you're signing up for. You, a lot of times the connotation that uh, a major has or a degree field of study has is not necessarily what that field of study is. Uh, I always encourage students to, to maybe talk to somebody in those areas, consider what they would tell you is involved, how they're leveraging it for the cause of Christ, and, and what it uh, ultimately requires. So you make sure that what you think a degree is is actually what it, what it is. Because those two things aren't always the same. So check your motives in terms of, um, you know, whether that's monetary fame, uh, monetary uh, reward, or whether it's uh, some other kind of um, notoriety. You just want to make sure that you're choosing for the right reason. And by the way, I'm going to say this in partnership with parents, okay? Um, your motives also don't need to be to satisfy 
ultimately someone else's desire for you. And I say that as a pastor and a parent. Um, you want to listen to the wisdom that parents and pastors and people who love you can share with you. There's a lot of insights you can learn and you need to have a long range perspective that they have that you don't. And at the same time, ultimately, you want to kind of uh, merge that conversation as you express to them what you feel like the Lord's leading you to do. And you kind of navigate um, those things in balance. OK, so those things uh, are going to be held in tension where they're at odds with one another uh, necessarily, but they should be uh, kind of with a, a full um, eyes wide open spectrum. So in other words, don't do something because you think it's going to make someone else happy. Honestly, your parents or your pastor, the people who love you uh, the most, they don't want you to choose it for those reasons. They don't. Okay. And so that's not their intention. That may not be the goal of the counsel they're giving you. And so you need to don't misinterpret why they're encouraging you to consider other things because it may not be to steer you away. It's just trying to um, give you some additional uh, perspective. Then one last thing, I'll ask Dr. Horton to kind of uh, tag team on this, uh, completing the mission. Right? The goal of any academic preparation should be to serve the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. how, how and what vocational capacity God uses to do that um, is up to Him. But you have to go into it with that mindset. And so if you're going to major in something like business, it needs to be with a Great Commission perspective. Uh, if you're going to major in teacher education, it needs to be so that you can go serve in an educational capacity to make a difference in the classroom or in a learning uh, environment that's going to impact the lives and the minds uh, that you're instructing. And so just always want to be thinking, God, if, if you call me to prepare academically, these things are, are what you want to keep in mind. What's the motive for choosing the pathway that I am? Um, how does it fit within the, the broader mission? And how do I choose a major in a way that uh, kind of sets me up for success? Dr. Horton, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. As, as you work through this, think very carefully uh, and help your children to think very carefully about where their passions lie. You know, I believe the things that we're interested in and that we're passionate about is often the providence of God at work in our lives. We have that interest because God gave it to us. Mm -hmm. and Or we have this skill, we have this bent towards something that is God's design in our lives. And so we begin to gravitate toward that. And, you know, if you're going to be whatever career that you're going to be in, or area in ministry, whatever it is, make sure it's something you're passionate about. Make mm -hmm. sure it's something that you enjoy. Uh, I'm sure you were told the same thing when you were doing your doctoral yeah. work that I was, that when you get ready to write your dissertation, make sure that uh, you love that subject because you're going to be married to it for about three years. <laughs> we're talking about something now that you're going to be married to 30, 40, 50 years perhaps, your vocation, so you want to make sure you enjoy it, that you're passionate about it, and that you really believe this is what God wants mm -hmm. me to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's it's really good. I don't know if you had any similar advice. Uh, my dad shared with me a long time ago, and I don't think I fully understood when he said, uh, Scott, find something you love to do and never work another day in your life. Uh, I'll say this. There's a lot of people in our culture, in our world, who get up every day miserable or frustrated about what they do for a living. And you don't want to, you don't want to do that. No. You don't want to do that. And a lot of times uh, students, if they take a gap year or two and they kind of work in a different um, some kind of sector, field, or vocational capacity, earn a little money, get a little life maturity, establish self, all really healthy and good things. Uh, but they find out very quickly, yeah, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. 
I don't want to work in this field the rest of my life. Uh, it's one of those things where, as Dr. Horton's saying, you want to find what you're really passionate about, what will get you up in the morning. Say, I want to go uh, do that. Um, and you don't want to find yourself 20 years down the road figuring out how to change horses midstream. You know, sometimes God can help you do that, uh, but it's a lot easier to get on the right horse on the front end of the journey, uh, so to speak. All right, let me talk about uh, a third one uh, as it relates to the cause of decision, a third factor. Uh, it involves focusing on your personal progress. Um, you know, life, uh, your college education, it, it, the content of the courses and your academic programs is, ab- is absolutely important, of course, especially as it relates to your calling, all those things. Of course it's important. Okay, um, but a lot of times what I, I, I tell students, and I'm sure you've seen it in students, um, what you learn is not limited to the course content. You actually learn a lot about life in general. Sometimes it's balancing responsibilities of school and work and family and ministry and all these different things. And some of that is your life skills preparation that God's kind of uh, helping you uh, sort through. Some of it is more social dynamics as it relates to the people you're with and how to do life in community and how to, to, to work and serve alongside people that you don't necessarily uh, like or get a, along with, or maybe that you just don't have a lot in common with and those sort of things. So you've all learned a lot of people skills. And in that, you're learning a lot about yourself. Um, it's kind of called your emotional quotient. You have the IQ. This is kind of your EQ. How do I best resonate or relate to people? How do I kind of navigate some of these types of things? Uh, all of that's really important. So there's a lot of life skill, and some of that should involve, no matter what uh, campus you go to, uh, some element of spiritual progress as well. So I'm mention a few things along the way. One of that is um, spiritual maturity. Uh, wherever you go to, to school, uh, you want to make sure that there are avenues for your personal spiritual growth. Some of that's going to come through, man, I'm learning how to walk without the training wheels of my parents you know, beside me or me living at home. Uh, some of that may be the fact that I'm not at the church that I grew up at. I, I went away to school a couple hours away or whatever it may be, and I'm learning how to kind of walk on my own. So the training wheels or uh, those types of things have kind of come off. And so there's some personal growth in that. You learn spiritual disciplines and devotion uh, that are more dependent on your own uh, relationship with the Lord rather than uh, the context you're in that's familiar. Uh, but there's also secondary or supplemental aspects that can encourage you in your walk. Um, so a lot of times college universities or campus will have some what they call co-curricular elements. So things like Campus Crusade for Christ or these kind of parachurch ministries on campus that are really critical, uh, especially at a larger um, uh, university to where you, you can find a, a group of people that have the same desires and approach to life that you do are going to encourage you uh, in that same direction. Obviously, being involved in a local church uh, is really important. A lot of times people think, uh, if they get involved with a campus uh, group like Campus Crusade or even at the College of Southeastern, some of the stuff that we offer from a co-curricular uh, standpoint, that's not meant to uh, replace your local church involvement. It's meant to supplement it. And so being involved in, in a local church is going to be essential for your own spiritual maturity. And you want to make sure that you're progressing. By the way, I'll give you another tip for spiritual maturity. Um, you're going to have to take classes that you don't necessarily like or enjoy. Uh, and no matter what you choose to study, not every class is going to be in that major or in that concentration. And so you're going to have to take classes. You're like, why am I learning history? Or why am I learning math? Or why am I learning literature? One of those areas that may not resonate best with you. And by the way, it's an opportunity for you to spiritually grow. 
I know that sounds uh, backwards, but it actually is because um, you need, if you know that God's called, this is the reason this decision is so important. If you know that God's called you there and you're there to prepare for something, but part of that preparation involves something that you don't necessarily have an interest in, but it's required, then you can kind of take that as a challenge to say, God, I'm committed to this process and everything it involves. And so even though this isn't the, the subject I love the most, I'm going to be diligent to do my best. My performance um, isn't going to be measured necessarily by the grade I receive, because maybe math's not my strongest subject, but my, my faithfulness before the Lord is not going to be anything less than my best. Because, God, you've called me to this, I'm devoting myself to this, I'm going to pursue this. So there's a level of spiritual maturity that's meant to grow. I'll, I'll mention this, uh, too, about college season in life. Um, you know, our culture promotes what college could look like. You know, hey, like this is your time to be free. This is your time to experiment and explore. And, and college should be spontaneous and fun. Uh, there's never going to be a time in your life after college that you have as much freedom as you do in college, even though you feel like you're busy in college. Um, it's just, it only gets busier. Sorry to uh, bust the bubble, but it's true. Um, but being in college, not what it should look like according to culture, or what it could look like according to culture. What should it look like according to scripture? And for me, I kind of had a dual experience. This is just personal testimony time. Okay. My first two years in college, uh, I was not walking with the Lord. And um, the things I experimented with or experienced uh, were not healthy for me. Right? But God got a hold of my life my sophomore year, and he changed uh, not just my heart, but my, my kind of approach to school. And I didn't all of a sudden become the A-plus student. Okay? But I did find myself doing things with my free time that was completely different from what I did the first two years. And when I look at how God used me working in the after-school program at the Y instead of just going ahead, going home and hanging out on the couch with my buddies, when I look at kind of my own personal devotional life, it became some of the most fertile and fruitful time in my life. And college can be that for you. Mm -hmm. And you want to really capitalize on that is this is a chance for you to spiritually mature, maybe in an unparalleled fashion. Kind of like uh, those toddler years, parents will tell you, between zero and two, man, you change more than maybe any other season, other two-year span in your life. Like that, that, that season is just accelerated in growth. I actually think college can be that for, for you if you'll let it. It can be an unparalleled um, kind of rapid accelerate to your spiritual growth. So spiritual maturity is part of it. I mentioned the other one, um, just one other one, sensible maturity. You need to learn how to make mistakes. And you need to learn how to pay for them in terms of own them and, and kind of take responsibility for them. Uh, you don't want to make tragic mistakes, uh, but you learn by growing. You learn by, man, I got burnt because I didn't study. And so, you know what? I got a grade that reflects that. And so I need to make sure I know how to prioritize things. And, um, you know, I, I've got responsibilities, whether it's helping to pay a bill or whatever it may be. There's some sensible maturity that you learn in college. Again, it's not necessarily part of the curriculum but it is part of the experience and the process. And so when you, when you are making that college decision, make it with those, excuse me, with those things in mind. What's going to help me grow spiritually and personally in a way? And so I'm just going to say it this way. There are some college choices and some students who make the decision. You guys do realize this, right? You probably had friends that made the decision who choose a school with the exact opposite in mind. I want to go to that school because it's, the party school, or I want to go to that school because it's at the beach, or I want to go to that school for some of those other reasons that is everything opposite of 
man, the personal growth that college is meant to help facilitate. And so you want to think about it kind of with what the Bible would call a sober-minded uh, mentality. Dr. Horton? I, I love what, what we're saying right here. Not only are we talking about what's going to happen to you spiritually in your relationship to God, but also in your relationship to other people mm-hmm. and how that's going to help you. Some of those are going to be professors that you have in the classroom. I know at Southeastern and at Fruitland, uh, we don't only see those people in front of the classroom being professors, but they're mentors. Mm. They are discipling the students. They're getting involved with them. and. Uh, at either one of our schools, and, and there are other schools, this would certainly be true of as well, you can get to know the professors and have time to sit down with them and talk and converse through uh, things that you're dealing with in your life. But then something else that's really important is the relational aspect with your other peers, mm-hmm. those that you're in the classroom with. You're going to be amazed at the relationships that you build mm-hmm. that will last a lifetime. And while Southeastern and Fruitland offer online opportunities to do a degree, and and we're grateful that we do that, I think we would both agree mm-hmm. that if it is at all an option for you, come to the campus. Yes, yeah, sure. Be part of the campus life. Get to know others. Some of my best friends to this day are people that I went to college and seminary with, and we still talk on the phone. We see one another. Uh, the Bible talks about how iron sharpens iron. And I've had many of those relationships in my life with people that I sat there in the classroom with, and they became very dear, deep friends. I wouldn't take anything for those relationships and the impact that it's had on my own spiritual progress. Yeah. Even to this day, mm-hmm. it is still impacting me. Yeah. It's really formative, and I love what you said there about both of those relationships. I will say that between Fruitland, Southeastern, um, I do think it's a distinctive, the potential relationships you can have with faculty members and those who will pour into you. Um, I'll just be honest with you, again, kind of my experience, I went to a larger state school I mentioned. Um, I sat in a marketing class with 350 other students. Like, that's enormous. The professor doesn't know my name. Like, they don't know. Like, they, like I'm not good. I can only name one professor that I had at that school, and it was because it was so massive and so distant. And um, I don't, it, it's not a, a question of their character. It's just not designed to be as personable, right? And uh, the context you want to hopefully look for is maybe one that says, how can I know? a faculty member, somebody who's going to invest in me, not just academically, but personally and spiritually and be available. Uh, and I think both of us uh, celebrate that and, and really do try to encourage our faculty uh, towards that. And I think that's something that you would find on both our campuses. And then uh, you're right too, Dr. Jordan, the, the relationships you have with other students, when you're pursuing your you know, kind of vocational calling from a Christian perspective, as you meet other students, the relationships of like-minded, like-hearted brothers and sisters in Christ, are going to be formative. Uh, they really are. One last factor to consider, then we'll open it up for questions. The college decision also involves considering your related priorities. Look, we've talked about calling and your purpose. Uh, we've talked about kind of your pursuits in terms of a major and, and how to choose kind of that direction. 
Uh, we've talked a little bit about kind of your own spiritual progress and kind of the importance of that. But there are other factors, and I don't want to minimize those as though they're not real. Some of these uh, things are very practical. Uh, we've mentioned your kind of your, your spiritual walk, uh, and that needs to be a related priority. Listen, for some of you, that may mean taking a step to, like Dr. Horton said, go away to campus. Come to campus. Don't, don't necessarily choose the expedient or convenient option of just being online. So that some of that may be a step of faith. Maybe that's going to be a little uncomfortable for you. Maybe that's going to require uh, you to kind of say, gosh, if I'm going to grow in my faith, I need to maybe take that step. And by the way, as much as students have to take a step of faith there, as parents, we do too, right? Like it's, it's not just uh, related to the students. So uh, faith is a factor uh, to consider uh, in your trust and walk with the Lord as you're leading him or following him. Uh, other priorities are finances. Listen, um, to graduate with no debt should be everybody's goal. I realize that that's not always possible. Uh, and that there's maybe some challenges in life that may require you to kind of take a different approach. But the goal should be, the, the effort should be, I'm going to graduate debt-free. And so when you're looking at a college or university, you need to consider, is that a possibility? And so everything from financial aid that our institutions are able to offer, and uh, I'll just give a brief kind of financial aid. I mean, this is a really brief, but there's some, some terminology that will help you. So parents, I know we're going to perk up when you start talking about uh, finances. Uh, but financial aid, what they call institutional financial aid. Institutional aid is that which that school specifically offers. So maybe you have donors that give to, hey, your majors, if people come to Fruitland or the College of Southeastern and they're majoring in this, then there are some scholarships available that the donors for that institution have made available for scholarships. So that's, that's institutional aid. There's some other forms of that, uh, but that's in general, that's what institutional financial aid. Then there's financial aid in general, which talks about other sources that may be available to all the schools. So there's state and federal funds that are available, um, whether it be through like federal be Pell Grants or state, like, hey, as a North Carolina resident, you're eligible for this. And so those are the two financial kind of umbrellas that you want to kind of search under, those rocks you want to pry up and kind of see. Uh, pay attention to early um, financial aid application deadlines. And so sometimes if you're looking to say, hey, I'm going to start next fall, for instance, if you're talking about fall of 2023, okay, man, the financial aid deadline at most schools is going to be somewhere late February, early March. And so if you wait till, oh, we'll, we'll just wait till July when we get ready, we'll kind of iron that out, you're going to miss the train. It doesn't mean you miss the train for all four years, but you might, or two years, but you might miss the train for that fall semester. And so you want to capitalize and take advantage of that. Um, finances are a real factor. And um, being in the privileged position we have with, between Fruitland and Southeastern, cooperative program dollars make our institutions really affordable, uh, remarkably affordable. And the cool thing is, the great thing is about that is that you're not compromising the level of education in terms of our faculty and their uh, expertise and experience uh, in terms of their education and experience. Um, they're, they're just as qualified and equipped. Uh, and so you're not compromising that uh, by, by maybe looking at a, a smaller school. So don't feel like if you're looking at a smaller school, somehow it's a second-rate education. Just because it doesn't have an Ivy League name or moniker with it uh, doesn't mean that it's, it's going to equip you any less. Uh, than that. So finances is a real factor, and those are important uh, things to consider um, uh, in, in the conversation. Family is another one. Um, man, how close you are to family, how distant you know, like you can be from family, uh, the other family factors. Sometimes 
uh, man, other situations in your family may not allow you to, to go very far away uh, just because of some family dynamics or some other things. Those are all real factors to consider. And so don't dismiss those as, as un, unimportant or insignificant. Those should be part of the conversation that you have with your student or with your parents. Um, and then lastly, uh, your future. Uh, what is your, your goals and your, your aspiration? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, I'll, I'll give you one kind of maybe final little tidbit on, on this. When you think future and even when you think about kind of your own diligence, uh, I make a, it's, it's somewhat of a fine distinction um, between ambition and aspiration. Um, ambition speaks to drive and motivation, diligence, commitment. You want to be ambitious. I'm not going to settle for less. I'm not going to take a, you know, um, give halfway effort. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I want to be ambitious. Aspiration looks to kind of a particular place, goal, seat, you know, uh, whatever, and says, I want to get there. And while that may not be inherently wrong or sinful, it can really become, um, you know, it, it can become a trap where you become willing to do anything and everything I can because I'm aspiring to that role or position. So whatever it takes to get there, I'm going to do that. And sometimes aspiration can get in the way of relationships and people and true uh, kind of calling direction. When you think about your, your future, just know this. God's will is not um, as much future-oriented as it is a present reality. A lot of times we talk about, I want to find God's will, or I want to follow God's will. You know, it's not only in the future, it's now. And being the most faithful, diligent student, son or daughter, and sibling you can be is, is God's will for you now. What does that look like? And what it involves in the future, you want to plan for the future, but you can't predict the future. And so there's only so much planning you can do. So you, you just want to make the, kind of the, the right preparations. But just consider, where does this lead? Does this get me further down the road of where I feel like God is calling me to? Uh, any thoughts about kind of some of these other related priorities? Underwarden? Yes. Uh, I would just add, enjoy the journey. Mm. When you're in college, seminary, graduates, whatever you do, enjoy the journey. And if that, if that means to make the financial piece come together, that not only is it financial aid, but it means working a part-time job, learn to enjoy that part too. Mm-hmm. Because God is growing you, He's developing you. Again, He doesn't have you in that job by an accident. Mm-hmm. It may be an on-campus job where you get to be mentored by uh, a godly person who is working in that area, or it may be working at Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. It may be working at Home Depot, or whatever the case may be. And and yet God is going to use that experience. Sometimes we get so focused on the end goal. I've got to get this degree. And, and of course we want to get it. You know, We don't want to put in all the work and not get the degree. But make sure you're enjoying mm-hmm. that time in your life. Yeah. That you're walking with God, that you're building those relationships, that you're going to look back on this and say, this, up to this point, has been the best time in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Because God has been with me. I'm enjoying this. I'm growing. I'm developing. Don't just focus. Uh, I think John Maxwell and so his leadership talks about destination disease. Mm. That you... You, you get so focused on where you want to end up that you can't enjoy getting there. Yeah. And then you get to the destination 
and you don't know how to enjoy it when you even get there mm. because you haven't learned to enjoy life on the, on the way mm. to that destination. So in all these things, as they mix together in your plans, enjoy the journey because it's a journey that God has you on and He's with you. Hey, what are you doing after college? What if you chose to start your career in a strategic place for the sake of the gospel? You can join the movement of God in North America and all over the world. You can give two years to missions. You've got to get a job somewhere. Why not somewhere for the kingdom of God? You could relocate to a North American city of your choice to find an exciting career and get paired up with a church plant. You could serve internationally through the International Mission Board. You can even get connected with mission opportunities through North Carolina Baptist on Mission. So, does this sound like something God's calling you to do after graduation? If so, fill out the interest form at go2years.net so we can connect you with opportunities to live on mission together around the globe. Thank you for joining us today. Because of your generosity to NC Baptist, this podcast, along with other helpful resources, are made available for you. Learn more by visiting ncbaptist.org slash give.